Well, good morning, church. So I was listening to a song this morning, and uh, the words rang true, uh, and uh, it's by Casting Crowns, and the words go like this, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. That's what it's all about. So we as a church are in the book of Joshua. Uh, Pastor John spoke on uh, Joshua chapter 7 a couple weeks ago. And uh, just want to give you some backstory to uh, what I see um, in the book of Joshua. Now, for those of you that perhaps don't know, uh, I spent 32 years in the military, uh, first in the Marine Corps and then later on into the Air Force. In the Air Force, I was civil engineer. But uh, anyway, um, just a little my backstory. But uh, Joshua and Caleb got to experience, if you will, 40 years in the wilderness with a bunch of naysayers. Okay? I want you to think about that. For 40 years, they spent their time in the wilderness with a bunch of naysayers. Now, that said, okay, the average person in America works 40 years. You're in their workplace for 40 years, okay? You could be working with a bunch of naysayers, but you need to stand strong. Joshua and Caleb stood strong for those 40 years, and Joshua became a leader because he followed the leader, okay? So as we go through the book of Joshua, what I, this is what, if you will, myself, what I look for in the book of Joshua is the character of Joshua himself. Not necessarily the story, the character of of Joshua. What did Joshua do when he was up against it? Where did he go? How did he answer? Okay, Joshua was a true man of integrity. So we are in the book of Joshua chapter 8 now, and it's found on page 120 in your Bible, in your pew in front of you. And I will tell you, it's a, it's a little bit of a lengthy chapter, but we're going to stand and we're going to read all of Joshua chapter 8. And I'll try and go slow, if you will, so that way uh, you can understand exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Joshua chapter 8. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you, and arise. Go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its cattle you shall take as booty for yourselves. Lay an ambush for the city behind it. So Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, you shall lie in ambush against the city behind the city, Do not go very far from this city, but all of you be ready. Then I and all the people who are with me will approach the city, and it will come about when they come out against us, as at the first, we shall flee before them. For they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city, for they will say they are fleeing before us as at the first. Therefore we will flee before them. 
Then you shall rise from the ambush and seize the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. And it will be when you have taken the city that you shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment of the Lord, you shall do. See, I have commanded you. Joshua therefore sent them out, and they went to lie in ambush and stayed between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. Then Joshua rose up early in the morning and mustered the people and went up he and the elders of Israel, before the people to Ai. And when all the people of war who were with him went up and drew near, and they came before the city and camped on the north side of Ai. Now a valley lay between them and Ai. So he took about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, all the army that was on the north of the city and its rear guard on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. Now it happened, when the king of Ai saw it, that the men of the city hurried and rose early and went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at an appointed place before the plain. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made up, made as if they were beaten before them, and they fled by the way of the wilderness. So all the people who were in Ai were called together to pursue them. And they pursued Joshua and were drawn away from the city. There was not a man left in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel. So they left the city open and pursued Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the spear that is in your hand toward Ai, and I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that was in his hand towards the city. So those in ambush arose quickly out of their place. They ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand, and they entered the city and took it, and hurried to set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended to heaven. So they had no power to flee this way or that way, and the people who had fled to the wilderness turned back on their pursuers. Now when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended, they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. Then the others came out of the city against them, so they were caught in the midst of Israel, some on this side, some on that side, and they struck them down, so they let none of them remain or escape. But the king of Ai they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of the slaying of all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness where they pursued them, and, where, and when they had all fallen by the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned to, Israel, uh, to Ai and struck it with the edge of the sword. So it was that all who fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000 all the people of Ai. For Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out his spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the livestock and the spoil of the, of the city Israel took as booty for themselves according to the word of the Lord which he had commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap forever, a desolation to this day. And the king of Ai he hanged on a tree until evening, and as soon as the sun went down, Joshua commanded that they should take his corpse, 
down from the tree, cast it at the entrance of the gate of the city, and raise over it a great heap of stones. That remains to this day. Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man has wielded an iron tool, and they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord's and sacrificed peace offerings. And there, in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. Then all Israel, with their elders and their officers, And judges stood on either side of the ark before the priests, the Levites who bore the ark of the covenant, the stranger as well as he who was born among them. Half of them were in front of Mount Gerizim, and half of them were in front of Mount Ebal, as Moses the servant, the Lord, had commanded them that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterwards, he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a, a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, with the women, the little one, and the strangers who were living among them. You may be seated. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to represent you, Lord, today. Lord, and uh, Lord, I just, as Pastor John Sowell says, Lord, just may you increase, may I decrease. May that be so, Lord. If there's a word that I say that is not true, that is not factual, may it just fall on total deaf ears. Lord, I want you to be proclaimed loud and proud, Lord. Lord, I pray if there's someone here, Lord, that has not made you their personal Lord and Savior, speak through me, Lord. Use a word, whatever it takes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So what's going on up until this point, uh, and and how did we get here? So back in chapter 7, Israel, unbeknownst to Joshua, Israel had committed a sin and uh, so in uh, uh, verse, I'm sorry, in, in chapter 7, verses 2 through 4, you can see the, the, the uh, verbiage that's used there where uh, the spies go up to, the, to AI, they spy out the country, and, and uh, it, what happens is there's a conversation that says, basically, don't take up all the people of Israel, take up only two or three thousand. So they chose to, if you will, send a contingent of three thousand men up to Ai, and they get soundly defeated. Thirty-two men lost their life on their way back, and then um, Joshua uh, doesn't know really what is going on, and uh, he goes to the Lord and and pleads his case with the Lord, and the Lord reveals to him that a sin has been committed. And anyway, um, so, a, um, <clears throat> sorry. Anyway, uh, he lost his life over, over taking stuff that he should not have taken. Anyway, so what I see in this is that 
when they, when they uh, took Jericho, they took Jericho pretty, pretty easily. And anyway, perhaps they were having, if you will, what I call a mountaintop experience. And uh, I know in my spiritual end, when I have a mountaintop experience, when, when, when I'm on the top of my mountain, i got to be very cautious that uh, usually followed by a top-of-the-mountain experience is uh, Satan is very good at, at kicking me in my stomach when I'm having a very good day. He's, he's very good at, at, uh, at his game that he plays. So what I see in this is that perhaps... Uh, Israel, when they were, when they had defeated Jericho pretty soundly, okay, they were having that top of the mountain experience and they were like, well, we took Jericho pretty easily. We're going to go take Ai pretty easily too. And it bit them. It bit them. So anyway, but chapter eight, which is where we are today, it starts with a word of encouragement from the Lord. Look at what, uh, what verse 1 says, God says, do not be afraid. Okay, so in your yesterday, in your, in your yesterday that you, you, you just went through, okay, you may have made a mistake in your yesterday, but God is saying in chapter 8 here, it's a new day. It's a new day. Today is a new day. If there's breath still going through you, you still have an opportunity, Okay. Experience tells Joshua that you are an absolute failure. You can't take AI, okay? But God tells him, do not be afraid. One of the things that I say is live your life through the windshield, not the rearview mirror, okay? The windshield is a lot bigger. Don't look at that rearview mirror. Yes, it's important to remember where you were Okay, it's important to remember where you were, but look where God is taking you to. One of Satan's best tactics is to discourage you and I. We've tried that before and we've failed. We've tried that before and we've failed. But God says, do not be afraid. Press on. Press on. Now, the antidote to discouragement is to hear and to believe the Word of God. What I say is own Scripture own scripture. Make it part of you. Find a passage of scripture, if you will, that fits you and you are, your situation that you are currently in and own it and live it. Okay. I am a, uh, one of my favorite passages that we used as our, our deacon verse, if you will, it's Philippians 3, 12 and 13. Look what it says. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So staying there in, in, in chapter 8, look at the differences between Ai and Jericho. Jericho, they took, if you will, at daytime. At Ai, they went at nighttime. In Jericho, they marched around the city. And in Ai, they ambushed, they got to ambush the city. God has an infinite amount of battle plans for you and I in our day to day. 
Now, what I do like about this is that Israel uses the same weapon against Ai that Israel got beat by. Self-confidence. So, the king of Ai looks out and he sees Israel coming out up against them again. And he's like, huh, I beat these guys before and I'm going to beat them again. And so, anyway, so he's, he's he sends all his troops because in his mind, he got this. Okay? Watch out for in your spiritual life when you say, I don't need to spend time with God. I don't need a daily quiet time. I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to pray. Watch out for when you say, I got this. You are setting yourself up for failure. Okay? That said, okay, as a church, okay, being in leadership in the church, okay, when we, I'll take, for example, our vacation Bible school that we just had this past year. Huge success. Huge success. Okay, we, we were in the park, and, and I mean, it was, it was a great time, okay? Now, are we going to be in the park next year? I don't know. Hence why I say that. Because we need to ask God, what do you want us to do? We don't need to assume that that's where we're going to go, that's what we're going to do. There, there could be that roadblock that he'll throw up at us and... Anyway, we don't know that until we take it on and say, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? Instead of assuming that's what we're going to do. And it goes the same thing for, you know, like on a Sunday morning and the programs downstairs, a Wednesday night with programs that we do with the kids. Okay, we need to be in continual conversation with him. What do you want us to do, Lord? What do you want us to do? Some points here. Follow the Lord's plan. Use every resource and the best resources available. Live with and look to Jesus. Go on the offense. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of going on the offense. I'm a huge, and this is going to sound wrong, but just understand where it comes from. I'm okay offending someone and letting them know you're heading the wrong way, buddy. That bridge is out where you're heading. Okay, because that tells me if I don't care enough to tell them, then I'm okay sending them to hell. Show no mercy to your enemy. Show no mercy to your enemy. Staying in verse eight, I mean, staying in verse one, and the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua had a relationship with God. Step one, block one on having a relationship with God in any battle is we need to have a relationship with Him. And how you do that? Prayer. It's that simple. Oh, if I would have only realized way early on when I became a Christian, the power of prayer. It sounds like, yeah, prayer. Huh. Prayer will break huge barriers down. I don't know why, but it works. Who or what influences your decisions in your day to day? Is God the priority, or is the TV your priority? And it could be someone else. Okay? The way I see it, the Word of God, the Bible, is God's love letter to you and I. It is. It's, it's, and it is full. It is jam-packed with words of encouragement. Words of encouragement. 
one, I just picked out one passage, if you will, that, that, um, is encouraging. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And look what it says. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I have a friend that's in the construction business and there's, there's, there, I have yet to see anything that he cannot build. And I love to work alongside of him for this reason. What will happen is we're up against whatever we're up against and he will not do the job. He will ask me to do the job. But with that, he comes alongside of me and he gives me pointers. And some things, sometimes he actually even lets me fail. It's okay to fail. But what he'll do is he'll say, if you would have done this, it would have turned out this way. It would have turned out better. So he's encouraging. That's what this passage of scripture is telling me. God is saying, he says, take my yoke upon me and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. When we come to him with our problems, he is, you will find more often than not, he is very encouraging in our day-to-day. Very encouraging in our day-to-day. So, in verse 8, you'll see that Joshua followed God's battle plan. He says, you shall do according to the word of the Lord. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. Every single day when you and I wake up, the battle is on for your soul. Whether you realize it or not, but we are in a day-to-day battle, and it's very serious. We need to armor up daily. I told you at the beginning that my first... My first... uh, uh, stint in, in the military was I was in the Marine Corps, and uh, anyway, just listen to some points that from that. No soldier resists the enemy without his weapon. He understands its capabilities, and he is completely familiar with it. We must do the same thing with our spiritual weapons. We need to realize that the Word of God is our absolute best weapon. It will always be exactly what we need for every single threat the enemy sends our way. So, there I was, if you will, uh, month three of uh, being in boot camp. And month three is when you go out to the rifle range and you qualify with your weapon. Now in the Marine Corps, you qualify at the 200 the 300 and the 500 meter line. And on those lines, you qualify with a weapon with no scope and you're shooting at a 12 inch round circle at, at, like I said, 200, 300, 500 meters. Now I'm a country boy. So I, to, if you will, to fire a gun and hit what I was shooting at, no problem. However, I had never fired 200, 300 and especially not 500. So 200, I did okay. 300, I did okay. We got out to the 500 line, and 
okay, if you tell me there's a target down there, but I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. And uh, so every round that I shoot counts either for me or against me. Well, I was three for three going, getting nothing on the, on the target. So there was a primary marksmanship instructor on the line with me, and he says, give me your weapon. So I handed him my weapon, and he fires downrange, and he gets a bullseye. And he says to me, he says, it's not the dope on the weapon, it's the dope behind the weapon. So what, he, what I found out that day was that uh, I needed glasses, if you will, for long-distance seeing. That's what's what it turned out to be. But uh, anyway, so uh, it helps to be able to see what you're actually looking at. Once I got my glasses, I, I, I fired expert, but that's a whole other story. So anyway, moving on, uh, Ephesians 6.10 says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong and in the Lord, in the power of his might. Okay, when we, uh, when we wake up every day, we should be spending some time in his word with him so that we were armored up for our battle that we already know is coming. Okay, 2 Corinthians 10.3-5 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So I told you that in my, my, if you will, my second career in the Air Force, I was in the civil engineer uh, end of things. And so I, I have built quite a few things. And, uh, but uh, when I got to a job site, there'd be a huge pile of lumber or building materials or whatever laying there ready to build whatever it was that we were building. So it's, up until that point, it's just a pile of lumber sitting there if there's no plans. So you had to find out what was the plan for this building material. Okay, Jeremiah 29, 11 pretty much marries right up with that. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So, just as in the construction field, okay, in your spiritual battle, the plans could change daily. Yes, we have a common goal, but the plans could change daily depending on who got this section done, who got that section done, or it could be weather-related. When you're going through a storm, sometimes your plans absolutely change. Okay, so um, there's two passages of Scripture in in this chapter 8 that that caught my attention uh, because of what they say. It's verse 9 and verse 13. Verse 9 says this, But Joshua spent that night among the people. And then verse 13, it says, But Joshua spent that night in the valley. So what that tells me 
is that you remember how it's set up. He's got 5,000 men in ambush behind the city, and he's got 25,000 men in the front of the city. Okay? And it says that a valley laid between them. A valley laid between them. And Joshua spent that night in the valley. So that tells me that Joshua was at the very front of his troops. Hmm. Kind of a correlation to God being in front of us in our battles. Okay? When you're in the lowest valley of your life, whatever it may be, He is right there with you. Get that. Okay? When you are in your lowest valley, okay, He is right there with you. Look what Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of need. It isn't over until God says it's over. You know, if I was to say a sentence, if I was to um, make a statement, and then I used the word but in that statement, everything that I said previous to that word but is now negated. Okay? It works the same way in the Word of God. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. I love this passage. Okay? Because you want to read before and then get what he says after this. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ. For by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Up until, up until you meet God, okay, it's, it's all, if you will, doom and gloom. But God, when, when, when He comes into your life, things radically change. Joshua spent that night in the valley. Okay, he was a difference maker. Now I've picked out some difference makers that are in your Bible. I just picked out a few. Caleb was of a different spirit. Joshua and Caleb, they, they, they were difference makers. Think about this. Can you imagine being Barnabas in the, in the Bible? Okay, Barnabas obeyed the voice of God and got to see Saul turned into Paul. Wow. That's just huge. Noah was all in no matter the cost. All in no matter the cost. And Nehemiah, he saw a huge problem rebuilding Jerusalem and he asked God to stand in the gap. And he did. And he did. Verses 2, verses 27. um, I call it Joshua's elephant in the room. Because it's different. It's just different. Verse 2 and verse 27 say, Only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. Wait a minute. So, 
So Achan and his entire family died because they took a few things and they hid them in their tent. Now, it says, only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourself. What is going on there? So, anyway, what Achan surely knew, I'm sure he knew, is that back then, there was the law of the first fruits in Genesis 4, Proverbs 3, and Malachi 3 talks about the law of the first fruits. First fruits always go to God. First fruits always go to God. What are you doing with the first fruit of your day? Now, I myself am an early riser. Okay? My best hour, my best hour of concentration, if you will, is the first hour of the day. So it is my dedicated time to the Lord. Okay? Now, I get it. Not everybody's an early riser. Some of you might be midday. Some of you might be later day. Okay? Are you using your first fruit hour of your day to spend it with him? I can tell you, if you do it, it is amazing what he does with you in your time. It is just amazing what he does with you in your time. Also in this, okay, I see, boy, if Achan would have only waited. If he only would have waited. Everything, everything was waiting for him if he only would have waited. Okay, to myself, um, if only I would have waited. If I would have only waited instead of running ahead of God. When we run ahead of God, it's, it never ends well. I can tell you how many times I have, I've gotten, should you say, so far ahead of God. And then, and then, you know, I get in this muck and this mire and I say, God, can you come over here and bless my plan? Just, it's just, it's just a bad place to be. It's just really bad. Never run ahead of God, especially in relationships. Second Corinthians 6, 14 and 15 says this, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial or what part has a believer with an unbeliever to do the right thing at the wrong time makes the right thing the wrong thing. Seek God's timetable in your life. Near the end of the chapter, we're in verse 35. Joshua gives God the glory. Verse 35 says this, There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, with the women, the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. So Joshua gives God the glory. It's always Always a good thing at the end of your day to give God the glory for what he has done. Now, just a personal thing that I do. You don't have to follow my lead, if you will, but it's just something that I do. At the end of every day, I name mentally 10 things God has done for me in my day that day. And it just is incredibly refreshing to know that, okay, that he is with me at all times. Also, that during that time, I will ask forgiveness for something that I know that I have done in my day. Okay? Always good to go to bed, if you will, with a clear head. Just saying. 
Just saying. Okay, so here's another thing that, that I, I know quite a few are doing within the church, and it's really cool. Tell someone what he's done for you in your day. I, I'm a huge fan of being a blabbermouth for him. Just saying. Okay, Psalm 149.6 says this, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And then Psalm 156 says this, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So if you're still breathing, you have the opportunity to praise the Lord. So, to finish it out, the victorious Christian life is a series of new beginnings. Ask the Lord to take those things in your life that have been mistakes and failures and to give you a battle plan for victory. Pray about hearing God's direction in your life and ask the Lord to make you even more sensitive to His voice. Pray for discernment and wisdom and ask the Lord to keep you from creating your own battle plan. And then, of course, pray for greater faith and trust in Him. On that last point, for greater faith and trust in Him, the only way you're going to get it is you have to live it. You cannot just read the Word of God. You have to apply the Word of God. And then your faith and trust in Him will greatly increase. So as the worship team comes forward, um, I'm just going to close us in a word of prayer. And uh, that's what we're going to do. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for... Um, the incredible encouragement that I see in your chapter 8, Lord. I pray, Lord, that if there's someone here today, Lord, that does not know you, Lord, to see the real you, Lord, not the condemning you, Lord, um, by, by that I mean, Lord, yes, we are all sinners, but we're saved by you when we put our faith and trust in you. Lord, um, I love you, we love you. And we just want to serve you and serve you well. Help us to do that, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.